uh, our friends at Pfizer growing and developing huge teams. Uh, you know her as maybe she entered your LinkedIn like she did mine uh, in the year of our Lord when she started working with the National Entrepreneur Center as uh, their DEI officer. You know her now as one of the biggest movers and shakers in the Nashville scene amongst many, many others, founders of uh, founder of Career Thrivers, where they focus on DEI, strategic planning, coaching, events. Obviously, she's one of LinkedIn's top voices with over 9,000 followers. And then I went ahead and clicked on the other icon to see how many followers you had on the other channels. And I'll be damned if she doesn't have about 9,000 on Instagram as well. You know her as the host of uh, Let's Thrive Together podcast and growing almost 4,000 subscribers news, uh, subscribing to that newsletter on LinkedIn, Brittany N. Cole. Brittany, how are you? Oh, I am fantastic. Thank you so much for the invitation to join you. And I was reading those stats like, oh, okay, okay, I think I'm doing pretty You're good. Like, okay, let Cole read more <laughs> my intro. Okay, keep reading. That? Okay, all right. I'm, we're, we're moving. Look, anytime, anytime uh, you can see someone's post and you look behind them, and they've got all the books, you're like, oh, you immediately start putting uh, inferences together, right? Like a very well-learned person, she reads books all the time, but then you take it to a whole different level, Brittany Cole, when you take them and you organize them by color. So we'll take that for another episode, but yeah, it's, you know. uh, it's an Halloween background for sure. Thank you. It was, it was a little pandemic project that I thought would take a day, it took a week, but you know, now I have memorized all of the colored binders in our collection. So it's, oh, it's all that is so funny. <laughs> so uh, thank you so much for being uh, our first guest here on Cole Evans podcast. Again, thank you very much. We want to educate our audience, Brittany, on whether you're an, uh, just getting started, you're right out of school, maybe you're not even finished with school yet, or maybe you're a little longer in the tooth, as they like to say, and you're at a company you've been at for a long time. Maybe you're thinking about transitioning. Maybe you're about to be an empty nester and you want to start making money online. Everyone in between, there's no magic person, right? It's wherever you are in your life right now. I want us to have a conversation about this thing we call marketing, this thing we call storytelling, and how some of it uh, can be uh, um, a waste of time and energy, and how some can really pay dividends for businesses. And so let's just dive right into it. Let's talk about, you put out a uh, what some would call a ridiculous amount of content. It's mm. a lot of content. Uh, but the good thing is, I, what I find, and I'll, I'll we'll pick on LinkedIn for a little bit, okay? Um, here's what I know is I think today's LinkedIn channel is a lot like um, uh, the old media channels. You ha you know, people that were early on were early on and you claimed and you staked really solid uh, equity on those channels. And then more people come on and they get a little bit noisier. And so the brands that were always there always have a little bit of brand equity in our brains, if you will. Uh, but you have to come on as a new person in this example I'm setting. You have to come on the scene, if you will, really strong to even be noticed, much less to stand out, much less to become a top voice. Tell our audience a little bit about one of the big questions I wrote on here is if we kind of go back eight years, okay, and, and that's if I'm doing rough math, this is you're, you're getting out of Pfizer, you're, you're kind of changing a chapter, right? Tell us a little bit about what you're following and what your mentality was around content then as compared to the engine that is today. Yeah, that is such a great question. And I might fine tune the number just a little bit. So eight years ago, I probably was not thinking about content on social sure. media at all. I was working inside Pfizer and 
had started a side hustle. I was actually doing image consulting. Like a lot of people don't know that part of my story, but Career Thrivers was first style by Brit. So I was working with women, helping them elevate their look so that they could elevate in their leadership and whatever they wanted to do as an entrepreneur or a corporate leader. And I've always loved fashion. I loved that work. It was a blast, but I was just doing it with the women that I was working with. So there wasn't like, I wasn't a big vlogger, like none of that was happening. Well, 2019 rolled around and uh, long story short, made the decision to take the leap and to leave an almost 12 year career in sales and marketing. And I just knew that like I'm in an in, in of in, in of one. I've had this marketing machine behind me in the brand equity that is Pfizer. Of course, everyone knows that company name now. I used to have to say when people ask you that inevitable question of what do you do, I'd say, and I, I'd say you know I, I work for Pfizer, insert title or whatever role at the time, and I'd see their eyes kind of glaze over, and then I'd say the company that makes Viagra, and everyone's like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, now of course you know everyone knows Pfizer because of the vaccine. But I, I actually was a marketer at Pfizer. So, and I, I led digital marketing, was responsible for about a $25 million budget. And it was in that role, my most favorite of my career there, that I really learned business because I have a core belief that marketing is the core of business. And so if you really want to build your business acumen, go be a marketer for a year or two. And I'll often right. say that marketing is like dog years because you don't have to spend a lot of time there to learn a lot because everything moves so fast. So when I left Pfizer, I knew if I'm going to not just rebrand this business, but if this business is going to replace my six-figure corporate salary and benefits and all the things, then I got to be out here on, on social media. And I picked LinkedIn as my first platform and just started recording video, understood the power of video. I used to have a series called uh, The Millennial Minute because originally I focused a lot on generational diversity and it's just kind of grown from there. That is so cool. And I love a good uh, alliteration all day long. Let's talk about allocation of time. Okay. So I, I think, um, I think aside from business owners I speak with, but I think if we paint a broad brush, people are like, there's no way I can, you know, do the things that I see in my feed. It's, it's, there's no way I don't have enough time. Right. Um, let's talk about time allocation and how you block out the time create the time, prioritize the time. Tell us a little bit about how it works for you. Yeah. So what's going through my mind right now is a saying from a mentor of mine, Marshawn Evans Daniels. She often says that every struggle is the sign of a missing system. So when I think about my journey with content, a lot of my struggle used to be about time. Well, I don't have the time. I you know, don't feel inspired today or this week, so I don't post anything. And then next week I'm fired up because of whatever, and I'm posting every day. So there's an, there's inconsistency there in what to expect from me. So last year we made a pretty big investment at Career Thrivers to partner with a podcast production team and batched 21 episodes of a show in two and a half days. And so wow. today, a lot of the content that people see on my feed it's stuff that we recorded last September, October. Let's, I think September is when we recorded that. You did 21 episodes in two days? Two and a half days, yep. Like yep. change clothes, the whole thing? The whole thing. Oh, Had an audience, like we, like we pulled an event around it to make it feel like a talk show. And it was a lot of fun. I had a blast doing it. It was wild. It was wild. I've been but looking I back, you're very happy that you batched it, huh? <laughs> oh, so happy. And, and the team at um, Epic Network, um, formerly Insta Podcast, Jessica is the founder of that company. They're incredible. So literally, right, to just give you a little insider insight in terms of uh, what that 
process, what that system looks like. Um, every Monday, that team sends us an email of the content for the week based on that episode. And so there are YouTube shorts in there. There are reels in there. There are guest reels in there that can go to the guests. There's a YouTube, the actual episode is in there. So it has that system has made my consistency, not only as a founder, as a content creator, thought leader, keynote speaker, it's made it so much more seamless because sure. we put in investment to build a system that has been working and that we plan to continue. And we mapped it out. So two of those sessions, two of those sessions per year, this sounds wild to even say, but doing that twice a year gets us a year's worth of content. <laughs> so tell me, I mean, that's crazy. And, and I, uh, and I say crazy because I don't, it, my behavioral style, it's, it's uh, so mm, not as efficient as that. Uh, but when I had the opportunity to um, work with Dr. Jeff at uh, an optometry clinic here, one of the top gross revenue producing optometry uh, companies in the country, I, I then found out, uh, but he was very big on, he wanted to start a podcast. We had a little fishbowl corner that when you turn to go check out, so every patient in there, we're talking thousands a month, would cross over, and he wanted them to see that he was putting on a podcast and doing this thing. And at the time, he said, "Look, we're just going to batch it, and you know, we're going to do you know a couple of hours, you know, one day a month, and we're just going to do them back to back." And obviously, I mean, I get it, your physician, you, you got your efficiency down, I get it. But as a marketer, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like two hours sitting in a room to record. I love a good podcast, obviously. Uh, but two hours, like, come on. So uh, that being said, it is extremely uh, efficient, but I'll even go back and maybe do a close-up of my eyes when you said 21 in two days. I mean, that's a lot. That is a lot. But to your point, you put in a little bit of energy for a couple of days and haven't thought about it for a couple of months. That's awesome. Yeah. And of course, I, you know, you still get those spurts of energy or like, around a certain topic or like things that pop up in the news. So I still pop in and record video and do oh, things. Oh, yeah, sure video today but i don't have that weight of like have we posted something do we have content because i know for sure that weekly content you know is there and it's done and then anything else is additional that's awesome so tell me uh preferred channel so and when i say preferred channel it's kind of a double question right so i really want to know the output so video written word video i think you've already said video audio um and then what channel do you find that layering that on is kind of your secret sauce yeah, so I'm a firm believer in knowing your strengths and sticking in with them in them. Right. So my divine deposit is teaching and and speaking. I love it. The thing I this thing I would do for free, et cetera, all the things. So for me, video makes a lot of sense. So uh the, you know, again, kind of going back to this podcast example, the long form of a video podcast conversation, et cetera, then lends itself well to be able to chop up and create shorter form to say, hey, I, there's something that I wanted to add that maybe I didn't say in the episode. Let's write a blog about it or you know, a newsletter article. So video newsletters are probably my top two favorites. I could be better about consistently sharing via email, but it's like, hey, follow along on our social channels. Um, that stuff is always updated. And then as far as actual social media channel channels, hands down, LinkedIn is my favorite platform. Why is for many reasons. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, I I think that you get more bang for your buck, right? <laughs> the return on investment is better. Uh, the algorithm the algorithm is such that your content lasts longer and goes farther on Instagram. Also, just because of the nature of my business, I have a B2B company, my buyer is more than likely on LinkedIn. And so as an entrepreneur, it just makes sense for me to focus on that channel. 
uh, so it's it, it's my favorite one to connect. You know, close a lot of deals through LinkedIn. So it's like, hey, sure. Is this here? If I've got to pick a place to hang out, it's there. And then I love so, Instagram. It would be my second. So I have to interrupt Brittany and ask. So you brought up closing uh, business. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what I have here is the 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 leverage of content. So I think few and far between times do we get uh, as marketers the credit for. Oh, um, you know, I'll make fun of my on-air sign that we joked about. Um, but it, it, if someone, you know, contacted me and said, "Hey, saw your podcast. I saw your on-air sign." You know, something that alluded to the thing that that brought them in. Tell our audience a little bit about what feedback you get, aside from getting getting feedback on the channel. That's where you're cultivating business. But tell our audience a little bit about when your prospects or new communications are referencing content that you put out. I'm so glad that you asked this question because it happens often and it always throws me off a little bit because people will feel make comments like, oh, I, I see you everywhere. I love your LinkedIn videos. And I'm like, I don't know that I've ever seen you engage. You know, I'm like, I'm like I don't even yeah. know that you saw my stuff, right? But right. They, they see it and they right. um, watch it. And so that has been interesting to me, especially because all of our work right now from a marketing standpoint has been organic. Like we haven't even really, in my mind, like pull poured fuel on the fire with advertising. So we don't right. run any ads. Like I'm not intentionally ensuring that you see me all the time. So that's why I say like you get more bang on your book over there because when I record a video and post it over there, like sometimes it'll be two weeks after the content has been mm-hmm. posted. I'll see people that are commenting on it. So being able to like walk into a discovery meeting at a Fortune 500 company, and you're sitting down with an executive and they're like, I really love your LinkedIn videos. <laughs> you know, I always have to kind of gather myself internally, like, oh, you know, it's just that reminder, like, right. You're oh, you didn't like it? <laughs> you, know, you, post, you know, you didn't give me an insightful <laughs> or a heart. Me, right? It kind of throws me just a little bit. I'm like, oh, okay, great. Right. You know, but yeah, that, that definitely happens. So that's awesome. Let's talk about engage. So you've got you've got um, organic kind of drop in uh, when Brittany has time or something's happening in, in the moment that's trending or getting your attention. Uh, you're mm-hmm. jumping in and posting. You've got some things kind of on on um, schedule that you batched in that are real uh, pieces of you, um, which I think are extremely important. So many businesses I found in my uh, experience, e- even if they're selling their own self, if they're selling a service that really they're the brand of, or if they're selling a widget. I mean, honestly, and everyone in between, they get so focused. I, I have this conversation many times a week. They get so focused on the sale that, you know, we used to call it commission breath. You show up and it's like, you're so trying to sell something like, shut up. No one wants to hear um, what you're trying to sell. So tell me a little bit about engaging in your time, right? So uh, not to put you on the spot, and if you don't want to answer this, that's cool. Some people have um, a core go-to person that they know, you know, anything over this line, you know, text me and I'm going to jump in there uh, to comment on. But you're my, you get my brand voice. You know what we're really trying to do here and point people here and there. Some people have that person, and I love that, and I respect that, and I think it's great. Uh, not saying whether you do or don't. Tell me about time allocation for engaging with other people's channels that have nothing to do with uh, Brittany and her her community and those that are in it. Yeah, so I'll say, Cole, I don't have that person yet. <laughs> so what I'm commenting in is actually me, but um, so I, I think a little bit of this has to do with the type of business that I own. So I own a learning and development company, right? So a lot of it is based on frameworks around 
thinking, working, productivity, focus, inclusion, and retention of talent. And, and because of that, it's important for me as the founder to be on top of those industries, workforce development, leadership development. So I allocate as part of, in my mind, the work to make me a better leader and a better business owner in this space, time to engage with people's content that I admire in that area, right? So Dr. Janice Kasamasari is someone that comes to mind for me, who has a huge following on LinkedIn. She's also a friend of mine. She's been on the podcast. When I see her content, when I'm scrolling my feed, I stop and I read it and I engage. I'm learning something, right? So for me, it's a part of my own growth and development as an entrepreneur. Time-wise, I don't necessarily, I wouldn't say that I have it down to a science, but I probably, and different seasons of business are different, but I would probably say I probably spend at least probably 30 minutes a day engaging in other people's content. Okay. Probably and probably prim- primarily on LinkedIn, a little bit on Instagram. I think Instagram, and I don't know, I'd be curious about your thoughts on this. I feel like Instagram, you can get stuck in the scroll, like literally just scrolling and you look up and 40 minutes have gone by. I don't know, for some reason, and I don't know if it's just LinkedIn, I feel more like I am scrolling more productively on LinkedIn. So I'm like learning something, but then I find myself not being on as long, right? So it's like the whole, you know, post don't scroll for your own efficiency, <laughs> but it's like, I'm learning something over here. It's yeah, no, 100%, 100%. And then I'm going to get off. So I think, you know, I'm thinking a couple of things. Number one, I'm thinking, do I actually learn anything if I watch HGTV or am I actually going to go, you know, wrestle an alligator if I watch National Geographic? But I, yeah. I do think that creating the the message for the channel is a very, very um, a smart alignment, right? I think where there is a miss, I, I've been 100% um, uh, responsible of, of this myself, which is being more anxious about getting something out or getting a series of things out that the channel was really not even a thought or secondary to a thought of posting it or scheduling it and feeling good about myself. Um, I, I think you're exactly right. Where I think the infinite scroll is becoming more apparent on all channels. Um, I'll tell, I'll give you context what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And one of my feeds this morning, there's a guy's over a million, 1.3, 1.4 million followers uh, on LinkedIn and his post this morning said, uh, whenever it was, it was on my feed and said, um, basically I'm never going to get on TikTok. I don't aspire to sell a book. I don't do this. I don't do this. And it went on and it had a, a pretty big feedback. And so I'm, I'm kind of a, um, a proponent of, of Gary V's mentality on this, uh, because I agree with it, which is, um, the channel will change. The, the thing will change. TikTok will not, my kids will probably never be on, on TikTok, right? It'll be another thing. Um, that being said, being on those channels to further get your story out there, you know, the, the post that is on LinkedIn will never work on Instagram or TikTok and vice versa, because that go to comedy central and turn it on and then show me a dove commercial. It's probably a little bit of a miss for that audience. Whereas I go to a hallmark or a lifetime or something that's a little bit more calming and programming more, um, aligned with the dove. Uh, programming of their brand and their commercial, that's alignment, that's symbiotic. Going on and trying to sell tires on Hallmark by you know saying promo, promo this Saturday, that's a miss. And so I think uh, my take on it, um, Brittany, is that getting things scheduled on channels where that one non-millennial pause as we started the, the beginning of the episode, but where you can feed 
that attention as, as quick as you can. A LinkedIn, again, we're painting a broad brush, a LinkedIn user wants to scroll a little bit long, more than likely, and I don't think this is, now it is, it's still by majority. I'll, I'll, I'll say that as a, as a non-subject matter expert, the majority of LinkedIn users are still sitting at a job. They more than likely can't leave because they're buttoned into a chair attached to a 401k. They're never going to leave. 10, 20,000 of those people are retiring every day. And so I think you see that channel really opening up over the very few years to come because it's going to be getting younger. Right. So I took the design example I told you from our podcast. I put four or five designs together, five designs. I'm sorry, four designs. And I put them out across every one of my channels, hands down. I got feedback on all the channels. Facebook, overwhelmingly the most feedback. Now you would think, oh, well, professional, why, you know, when you get in on LinkedIn, that's not a place where LinkedIn is still a place where, unless it's an inspirational, the good of everyone or some stance that we all internally believe together. You still have this um, element of, I can't let other people around me see I'm engaging in that kind of content. And that's what I think happens in a professional world. You might believe absolutely what Brittany and Cole is saying, but because of all the things in your small bubble of your world, you might not be able to even hit the like button. Whereas, um, you know, I might see you at a party and go, you know, hey, I'm not engaging your content, but I love your videos. And you're like, wait, where, where's this person from? What's going on? Um, all right, you uh, have been awesome. I did a lot of talking. But, no, uh, no, I think I think you're right, Cole. The only thing that I would add to that is I've had to adjust my perspective and approach to the fact that there are people on either platform. So like for me, Instagram versus LinkedIn, I used to take a lot of time and attention to, to your point, fit the content for the audience. So I may post the same visual or the same video on Instagram and then completely change the caption to sound more professional on, 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 on LinkedIn, right? Sure. Some on LinkedIn. And one of the things that I've noticed is that, and I, I think that phenomena that you were talking about, about the audience getting younger, I, I think it's already happening. And I don't know if I would attribute it to generation or just the fact that like people are just craving authenticity in every space, especially in the workplace. Mm -hmm. yeah. The stuff that I post on Instagram, sometimes I, just, I will copy and paste the exact same caption and everything right over on LinkedIn. And it does just as good, if not better. And so I think yep. there's element that oftentimes business owners are nervous about that, oh my gosh, my LinkedIn content has to be so polished, so professional, so corporate. Actually, you stand out when it's not. Some of my mm -hmm. best videos over there are like me walking through my house with like, not a blazer on, like just regular clothes, just talking to people as people, right? And people respond to that and, and they appreciate that. Now I do get the occasional DM, which usually signals to me that like, you didn't feel like you could say that yeah. in my because of where you work, right? That happens. Right. I do think from an engagement standpoint, sometimes it's great to stand out in that way to not be as polished and just to say, hey, whether I sell cookies or consulting, I need to be showing up on LinkedIn because there are people here um, that are buying. That's exactly right. And as soon as you said that, I was immediately thinking of the story I've told too many times, which is when I started my first podcast, I had this um, office in uh, Edge Hill Village, and I had um, it, we had a tin roof, and so when it rained, it was so freaking loud. And of course, I had you know podcasts scheduled, so I would take the uh, cushions from the couch and I would build like a dome, and so I could get into like the studio setting. And so my point of telling you that is um, at that time, and I do believe it was just like a couple of years where I spent a ridiculous amount of time, like way too much time, and some cash making sure that that edit was the most like I could sleep at night because that edit was so good. And then I'll be damned if like a year later, it was like, 
the the barrier to entry was I better hear a car in the background or some coffee yeah. cups. Like I want to hear that it's in the real. And to your point, that is very true. It's very true. It's eat. Uh, while it might take more energy or relationships or money in some cases, it is easier to put out um, graphic output. That's easier. What's not easier is having a conversation that brings value that doesn't schlep your product, right? Uh, and so to your point, finding the channels that work on there are absolutely um, vital. So lastly, uh, Miss Cole, tell me this, uh, whether you're just starting out, let's give let you keep talking as long as you want, but give me some tactical advice to those that are going to, you, you have a huge audience. People are going to listen to this and go, okay, Brittany's been talking about uh, career thrivers all this time. She's talking about some great stuff. Now she's talking about marketing and content. What is she saying? What are those little tidbits that maybe two or three people can take away and put into action? Like that day they listen to the podcast and you're like, yes, they're going to have a nice foundation. What would that be? Yeah. I would say think about your content, like the episodes in a show. Right. So from a few perspectives, one, I don't need to get everything in in one episode. Right. But two, people usually remember the overarching story of a show, not the minute by minute specifics of an episode. So that second point hopefully releases people from, you know, if you're wired like me, the overanalyzing, maybe even having a little bit of, you know, being a recovering or relapsing sometimes perfectionist to say it does not have to be perfect for me to put it out. I don't have to have the best microphone and the best laptop and the best camera to start the podcast. They phone, you know, a $1,200 phone with a great mic and great camera. That's all I need to start this. Right. And because you need, if you, if you are building an audience, right, there there are three ways to, to build an audience. You can buy it, you can build it, or you can borrow it. And if you're building it organically, then it's going to take volume, right? Volume of content for you to build the audience. So get started is the bottom line, (laughs) right? Get started, keep going, know that the progress that you're looking for is in the practice of continuing. It's not in the analysis paralysis. It's not in the, let me read every blog and listen to every podcast of what I should be doing. It is in the action taking that you refine and you optimize. And then you'll look up and you're like, wow, I may not think this is good, but if I go back and look at the videos, oh, this is stellar, right? And it just- That's exactly right. Practice. So so put your content out. That's what I'd say. <laughs> That's a great tip. You know, um, and when I first started in radio, I learned about this term called flighting. And I, um, it was, you know, in my mind, this is how I explained it to the um, pr- prospects or clients anyway. It's exactly, you know, like you would think of plane. They come in and they take off. And they come in and they take off. And they come in and they take off. But in this example, in my brain, they never land. And so to the consumer, if you if you align that with a brand, massive companies I learned very early on are not even on, you know, every four weeks. In some cases, they're not even on a full two weeks every month, but they know when to accelerate the plane and to flight the, the, the weight. And they know when to bring it back down and to take it up. And so to that point, do you have to be on all channels all the time? I don't really think that answer is yes, but you do 100% have to have consistency. Seth Godin says it's 100% of what sticks out in all things marketing. I couldn't, I couldn't agree more after 21 years. It is the consistency is absolute key. Uh, Brittany Cole, you have been absolutely awesome. If you are not following Brittany, make sure to click one of the links uh, below in whatever, however you're consuming this. Where all the text is, that's where the links are going to be. Click on those links. Uh, make sure that you are following her growing podcast, Let's Thrive Together, and newsletter. I signed up for that today. 
and uh, no longer known as Style by Brit, even though I will refer to you in that in some engaging uh, way in the future. She absolutely loves videos as far as content. And obviously when it comes to audience building, she is building hers and not uh, buying or borrowing. So Brittany Cole, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me.